Yo. Yo. Shots fired for fuck's sake. Shots fired for fuck's sake. You know that shots fired. Shots fired, yeah. You know that shots fired. Shots fired, yeah. Shots fired for fuck's sake. Shots fired for fuck's sake. You know that shots fired. Shots fired, yeah. You know that shots fired. Shots fired, yeah. Okay, we're back in the building for another edition of Shots Fired. As usual, my incredible co-hosts joining me are G and Kairos. Hello. And the man, the myth, the legend, straight back from Fight Island, Jisanga Malata. Or you should call me Acom because I'm locked up. Won't let me. <laughs> you know, speaking of the letter A, you know something. Life goes on. A man becomes preeminent. He's expected to have enthusiasms, enthusiasm, enthusiasms. You know what are mine? What draws my admiration? What is it that gives me joy? Baseball. A man. A man stands alone at a plate. This is the time for what? Individual achievement. There he stands alone, but in the field, what? Part of a team. Teamwork. Teamwork. Looks, throws, catches, hustles, part of one big team. Bats himself, the live long day, Babe Ruth, Tykov, and so on. If his team don't field, what is he? You follow me? No one. Sunny day, the stands are full of fans. What does he have to say? I'm going out there for myself. But I get nowhere unless the wins. You traitor! I saw you on the A side. Chisanga has gone to I the I knew you were going to say that. That's <laughs> why I, 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 I was quiet. <laughs> I ain't no Benedict Arnold. I'm not. I, I'm not Benedict. Some, Benedict. Malata. I ain't no Benedict. I, I, I loved it. I was, I was listening to it just before you came on. And I, okay. I heard half of it, but it was brilliant. You smashed it, bruv. You smashed oh, it. Thank you. A side... Uh, team were lucky to have you. Seriously, you know, you guys not seen this. My guys rocking up on MMA Fightings, big podcast, the A side. Oh, I saw that. I wasn't able to listen to it just yet. Smash Sounds like it went well. Look at my. Yeah. Wow. I, I probably, I probably should have changed my t shirt. I should have changed my t shirt so that it looks like. <laughs> oh, this ain't See, a good look. up to our podcast late. And I say our, because we four are invested in this. Part <laughs> a team, teamwork. But anyway, <clears throat> it's good to have you, Chisanga. I mean, you know, you are definitely the A-side of this podcast now. This is what we're going to call you from now on. Oh, A-side, Malata. <laughs> you know, I rambled on enough. As usual, we bring things to the table, the hot topics that we debate until one of us falls, because shots... 
will definitely be fired. You know what? Kicking things off just to chop and change things around. My man Kairos. All righty. Well, recently I saw Michael Bisping having a, yet another surgery. I swear he's had more surgeries outside of competition than he ever did like while he was fighting. Like I just feel like some fighters either completely let their bodies go to waste while they're competing in active martial arts for two reasons. One, they either don't have time because they don't want to have an extensive layoff from the injury or the other one in the back of my mind is they don't have the money to do it. It's like what I'm thinking. So in my mind, I'm asking the question, will we ever reach a point in this sport? And when I say this sport, I mean in the UFC, because obviously if the leader in sports can't do this, then I'm not necessarily so confident in everybody else's ability to do it. Will they ever have a scenario where healthcare is paid for for a lot of these athletes? And I know you can't do it for everybody, but let's say you've been with the company for three plus years, maybe five plus years. Maybe that's when they start giving you those sort of benefits versus just when you walk in the door, they gave you those benefits. Let's go with um, G in the hammock. <laughs> G in the hammock. Um, well, you know me, I'm complicated. I have some questions. In, in boxing or any other combat sports, do they pay for the health care of fighters? Have we even seen this module yet? Is there anything? Do you guys know? In martial arts or in other sports in general? Other sports in general. Like, is the NFL yeah. taking care of people years later that are having problems with their brain? Or what about boxers, too? Like, is the organization... Does the UFC have a model to follow? I believe I have, the NFL does. Yeah. Mm, I have heard of oh. the UFC paying for some fighters, like, surgeries or what have you. But that's, I think, the injuries that they've picked up in the octagon. So okay. I, I can't remember who it was. There was, there was one fighter who said that he didn't want to get surgery on. Oh, no, it's Justin Gaethje said something about um, he wanted to get his nose broken because he'd ha been having breathing difficulties for such a long time. Oh, yeah. If he got it broken in the fight, the UFC would pay for it and then everything would be sorted. Yeah, because the reason why I asked is because I just watched that Spencer Fisher interview from MMA oh, Fighting. Where he, yeah, yeah it's it's um, heart wrenching. And they detailed the brain damage that he has. And that not only that, if you've been following the sport for as long as Spencer Fisher has been fighting, you can see a difference in his personality. And what I did also notice, too, is that the UFC is not taking care of him. I believe he mentioned that because he no longer fights for the UFC, the health care for him has ceased. So he's dealing with this on his own. And to answer Kairos's question, I do think in due time, there will be like some type of aid or health care for them. But I just don't think anytime soon. I mean, right now we're still dealing with fighters not even getting paid enough preferential treatment and COVID protocols. I think we have a long way to go before we start taking care of fighters. And unfortunately, I think we need to see more spencer fisher type of interviews and we need to see more fighters that are injured years later for them to jump on the ball because remember the nfl wasn't too keen on protecting them at first either remember wasn't it a whole huge controversy and now they take care yeah. of nfl players i wouldn't be surprised if something like that would also happen in the ufc where it, you know they don't have a choice but it's going to take a very long time yeah. I, I don't I know think, i think with spencer uh, spencer fisher if i'm correct he was receiving like a monthly stipend from the UFC until July 20 or yeah, I think it was July, 2016. And that was when the UFC obviously got bought by WME IMG. Yes. And I think they stopped honoring all those things. And that was around the time I think Chuck Liddell got let go as well. Cause remember he had mm -hmm. some ambassadorial role. Um, so I think, I, I think it was around then. So I think it's it just, 
it's probably just WME, IMG just being ruthless and cutting costs. Do you know what I mean? Well, I mean, I think they, so. They just spent $4 billion. I mean, you'd, you'd hope that in, in the future that, I don't know, maybe even just like a, like where they ma- the USC will match like I don't know maybe ten percent of a fighter's purse for each like a like a pension like we have pensions over here in the in the UK so each uh, each month say like five percent of my wage will go towards my pension and then the company uh, my whichever company is they'll match it they'll put it in as well so maybe maybe something like that in in the future to ensure these fighters aren't completely out of pocket when it comes to the end of their career and if they're riddled with injuries i mean in in the case of michael bisping i think obviously he's just a savage and he just i I think he just (laughs) he just opted to to not have the surgery because he didn't want to not to be able to fight and i think now that he's got all these other endeavors he's he's acting he's got a successful podcast i think he's got the money to get everything everything done and, and, and sorted right now but i'd love to see the ufc have like a pension scene like a post-fight pension scheme or whatever that where fighters where they can match fighters purses even if it's like five percent because if you think of the amount of revenue that they make from pay-per-view sales and even just i mean fight past subscriptions as well i think they, they mm-hmm. can more than do it yeah i agree mike what do you think dana white has laid down the blueprint why this won't happen you guys are taking advantage of opportunities that I'm giving you. Mm. You are not employees, so you're not entitled to employee benefits. It's on you if after your UFC contract is over, um, you sustain injuries related to fighting. Things like what Michael Bisping is going through now. His body is a wreck. It was a wreck when he was fighting, but like you say, he didn't sort it out then because he wanted to continue fighting. Mm -hmm. Dana White has made it really, really clear. You are given the opportunity. If you want to take it, fine. But that's as far as the relationship will go in terms of me being um, the good guy to you guys, because ultimately you're on your own. You're looking after yourself. I just can't see it happening, especially with things like um, this so-called 60 fighter cull which is coming now yeah. okay you might think to yourself hmm maybe there's been a kind of like a bit of gaslighting going on trust me those cuts are coming because if wm uh, uh if, if william morris endeavors are actually losing money because of um ticket sales because of gates they're gonna have to recoup that they're gonna have to cut their cloth somewhere else Hence, yes why i've got to double down on the fact that they ain't going to be putting any pennies towards um, health cares or health care for fighters who have actually left the promotion. And let's not forget, too, they need to also put money into like studying their brains afterwards for preventative measures. You know, I think the NFL is headed in that direction as well. And I, I think I truly do believe this is going to happen because them having brain damage later in their years, we're going to see that as life as um, yeah. As long-term MMA fans, we're going to see more of Spencer Fisher's. Like in 20 years from now, I'm still going to be watching the UFC and MMA. And those fighters are going to age with me. And we're going to see more Spencer Fisher's. And the more we see that is, I think, when they're going to be like, I, we got to study their brains. I, we have to put money away to take care of these guys later. You know what I mean? So unfortunately, there has to be more damage done to folks 
in, in, in years, you know, later for them to actually do something. And let's not forget the UFC is like low key shady. They don't even pay them enough right now. So I don't really expect them to do the right thing as of yet until their back is against the wall. You are nowhere going to yeah. have that long. We're seeing it now. Tito Ortiz, mm-hmm. BJ Penn. Yeah. Vandalay Silver. Vandalay um, Silver. The list goes on. There are people out Babalu. there. Time bombs because of the mm-hmm. interest that they had inflicted on them in the case. Yeah. The UFC, but can you imagine in 20 years, Mike? You no. know what I'm saying? If it's no. Spencer Fisher and them are already coming out, can you imagine? It's going to be sad. It's going to mm-hmm. be people we know and love that are like, yo, I don't remember shit or I have yeah. dementia. Yeah. In fairness to the UFC, they did recently just um, announce they've continued their partnership with uh, the Cleveland Clinic for for brain study. And I think they um, also made like an additional million dollar contribution to the, there's a brain uh, center, brain health center in, in, in Las Vegas, which which is at the forefront of uh, studying traumatic brain injuries. I, I can't remember the name of it, but they did make a, a $1 million donation to them. Like, I think that was just... And it was it was it was a couple of, it, was, it was when I was on Fire Island, so mm-hmm. I, I think it just got lost in obviously everything that that's going on. So I th- as, as you say, G, they're they're being just like the NFL. Like I think the NFL kind of had to go down that route with um, because of uh, what was the guy's name, uh, Aaron Hernandez? Because you remember all the crazy yeah all the stuff that yeah. he did. And he was obviously and he had the brain of a ninety two year old. Yeah, he had the brain, and he was only like what twenty five or t- he was yeah. He was so, but that's. That's what I mean. Like a, a company cannot chew up their employees and spit them out brain damage. Yeah. After a while, that's going to affect business. So exactly. I mean, Mike raised the, the point of BJ Penn. I mean, it's sad. Like I, you saw him I, get arrested recently. Yeah, I know. Everybody's saying that he needs help. He needs help as well. Like he, he clearly does, and he's clearly suffering from from uh, from from CTE and well, obviously addiction as well. But right. like I'm but BJ, that's self-medicating as well. Yeah, B, like yeah, BJ Penn is hand in hand. my favorite fighter of all time. But there's also an argument that needs to be raised that does he actually want to be helped? Does he want to change himself or, or whatever? Or is he is he of a sound mind to that's what help? I was about to say. Conversely, is, is 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 his brain being that compromised? I mean, it, especially during like the, the punishment he's taken during the last seven fights, which he's lost. I mean, it's and then fights in bars that he's lost as yeah. well. Like, you know what I'm saying? There's a lot going yeah. on. I'm trying to think where the troubles really, really started. I think it was, I think it was, I mean, it was after Yaya Rodriguez just disrespected him and front wheel kicked him to the face. And like, I think that's vaguely for me when I start remember seeing all the, all the bad headlines and everything coming out from him. But again, I mean, it, it, I think it's going to have to, the UFC will like to, to really commit more resources to them and, and props to them for doing it so, so far. Um, but for them to really do so, I, th- I think it's going to take something big. Like there will be a wake up call for them. The, in order like the to- NFL. Yeah. I'm a little bit different. I feel like you guys are being a little bit too pessimistic. We are in a new era. We're getting new uniforms from a different company. It's 2021. They're, they got enough money to donate $250,000 to fight wildfires in Australia. Just off a of rip. We got the money. It's I, I remain. I, I think it's going to happen. And I think it's going to happen sooner, sooner rather than later. later. I mm. think it's going to happen in the next two to three years. And I think what's going to happen, though, is it's going to be like when they oh, first. Wow. 
Yeah. I think when it first happens, I think it's going to be something like, oh, that's not going to help at all. But like as time goes on, yeah. I think they're going to be able to deviate more money to it because then they're going to be like, all right, we got to stop this problem before it gets to it. Because I think that was mm -hmm. the old UFC model and the old owners are like, oh, we'll get to it once it becomes as bad enough for us to tend to it. I think W whatever me img is going to sit there and say how about we start doing preventative measures because that's what a billion dollar corporation does that's what people who have money and people who it's understand smart. money do they mm -hmm. aren't going to wait for it to get super bad and it's like dang we got fifty thousand lawsuits of people who have like no they're not they're not going to let it get that far it's going to be like mm -hmm. all right i see down the line of our past stars under different like organizations suffering and paying the price let's make sure it doesn't happen and let's try and take care of those people you know yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree with you. I agree with you. Kyra, so you have your haircut. Don't worry about my life. Worry about you. No, worry yeah, about I me. know. I'm jealous. Don't That's worry about me. Um, <laughs> yo, Boris has got us locked down and we can't be. No. No excuses, man. My barber, when we lock down, the barber come right in here. I put on a mask. <laughs> my no bar excuses, my, man. We, my barber we black. We, we handle it. We black. We different. We build different. Our, you know, we get our shit done. Don't you see my curls? I know it looks good, but I'm just saying my, <laughs> my barber wants like 150. I ain't paying that. Like That's I know he's got to eat, but at the same time, yeah, I'm not paying. No, what? I believe you. My barber cuts my hair at regular price, but I tip him for coming here. But he told me his friends are charging like 75 to 100 dollars for home visits during COVID. Oh, yeah, I, I, Jasanga I, is not lying. Yeah, exactly. Wow. They, they want money. <laughs> they, they want money. And I'm not. I'm not about to try give myself a fade and then mess up my hair. Nah, mm -mm, right. it's not gonna happen. And I'm not gonna let my my fiance, as much as I love her, go get the clippers and put it to my hair. Kairos, like, stop it. <laughs> she did. Let no, her do it. Let her do it. No, Kairos. No, 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 no. Because because she did. She would been getting on at me for like months. She was just chipping away for months and months and months during the lockdown. It's like, can I do it? Can I do it? I need to practice for when we have kids. But and I was just like, ah, oh, fuck. All right. I was like. Eventually, she wore me down. I was like, okay, fair enough. Let's do it. It started off okay, but then it just was, it was bad. It was so bad that, it, and bless her, I love her for this. She, um, she saw like the, the, the sadness in my face when I looked in the mirror and she, she paid, she stumped <laughs> up the cash, she stumped up the cash for the barber to come around and next day yeah good for you Chisanga because happy wife is happy life you learn it early you know what I'm saying so you know, <laughs> yep yeah, you're up yeah, with your topic you're talking about bad cuts it's you're up <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right ignore ignore my bad cut people but when Boris frees the man then we'll be all good in there <laughs> in due time so I know you and G kind of talked about this uh on uh th this week's earlier worldcast but I wanted to speak about the narrative that is uh, the prevailing narrative from UFC 257 and in particular that of uh, surrounding Conor McGregor. Obviously, we all know Conor lost in spectacular fashion, the first stoppage loss of his career. And as, a, as I alluded to beforehand, the prevailing narrative around him is, is negative. And I've seen terms of like he's old and he's, he's washed up and he's by no means an elite lightweight fighter and that He's probably only got maybe a couple more fights and that that's him done. And I've kind of got a bit annoyed about that because I think not only is that a disservice to, to Connor, who obviously won the first round and he looked okay in the, in, in the first round, although he did eat a few leg kicks, but it's a huge disservice and a disrespect to Dustin Poirier, who executed a, a perfect game plan. Brilliant. And mm -hmm. a game plan that uh, a lot of people, they didn't pay attention to this, 
that Kyoji Horiguchi used um, in his uh, in his rematch with Kaya Sakara uh, and, and Ryzen in New Year's Eve. They went like kick heavy as well. So and that fight ended early too. So I just I I just want to know what your thoughts are on like. I know it's, it might be like a casual narrative as well, but I've also seen people who I respect in the in the MMA sphere like perpetuating this notion that Connor's done and he's old and he's washed up. Yes, he might have aged physically in the face, but in terms of his skill set and whatever, I don't think he looks old or washed up by any means. And I'm going to go with Mr. Morgan first on this one. I'm sure that we all agree that MMA fans are the most fair weather friends that you can come across in the sphere of sports. But as well as that, um, they do tend to have selective amnesia as well, that whilst watching a fight, they can't accept that the reason why a person has lost is because quite simply the other person was better. Some people just can't process that. So they think of all the reasons why this person has lost and never ever credit the person who was actually doing the beatdown, who was actually doing the, you know, incredible combinations that, you know, um, Dustin actually came up with in terms of the strategy as well. None of that has been credited. Everything is out the window. And it's because of that lack of acceptance. That's where we have this narrative of old, washed, and, um, well, he's over the hill and it's time for him to leave the sport. Um, It's just symptomatic of, the MMA fans that we have within the sport, love them or like them, or love love them or hate them, this yeah. is where we are with them. But also there's casual, like there's casual observers. Like there was an article, I don't know if you saw that I um, that I, I tweeted, uh, like I quote tweeted, cause I was, I was quite pissed at it. Like, I, I like the guy who wrote it, he's, he's, a, he's a boxing journalist from Sky Sports, nice guy. But it was the one where they were, he was, Bit, uh, I can't remember what the headline was. It was it's like Conor McGregor's demise is a sign of how great Floyd Mayweather was. And that just... Uh, I saw that. I read that. that yeah, I saw that. And I just thought, what in the world? Like, these are two completely different sports. And get your tongue out of Floyd's backside. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> as, yeah. As well. But anyway, I want the thoughts of G on uh, on the prevailing narrative from UFC 257. I think there's so many facets of Connor that we need to discuss when it comes to why he's hated. And this is coming from someone that hates him, but I have to be objective, even though I dislike him immensely. And I find that a lot of Connor haters are not objective. Mm-hmm. So I feel like if Connor loses, it's, tw- it's twice as bad as a regular person losing. You know, he's got these allegations against him. There are fans like me that are let down. There are fans that are just haters. They hate to see a a guy doing well and Connor's doing well in life, baby. You know what I'm saying? So like, there's so many reasons to hate him so that I think like the moment he makes a mistake, the moment he loses for the first time, and think about what we're saying. He lost by TKO for the first time. How is he washed? Dustin got TKO'd how many times? Or like how many times have people been beat up in the UFC or they've had to pick up their losses? This guy, not too many times. And you're telling me he's washed? And also don't forget the first round that made my butt cheeks so tight. His boxing was so crispy. He's not washed up. Like I just ignore, and coming from someone that strongly dislikes him, y'all know I don't like that man before the shenanigans he does outside the, the cage. But peep fans really don't know how to like balance that hate for him or whatever the fuck is wrong with them with actually realizing what they see in front of them. And it's it's really annoying. And, it, and I hate when fans make me talk like this. I hate that man. But they make me talk like this and be sensible. But the Connor hate is real, Chisanga, is what I'm saying. 
Yeah, but there, like, it's, it's like it's like we talked about before. You have to be able to separate the, the I'll say the artist from the art and then well, the athlete from the, the person in, in this instance. Karis, what, what, are, what are your thoughts? And I, did, I haven't even spoken to you about your thoughts on the fight. Mm-hmm. I think that the people saying he is is washed, they're a little bit, they're looking way too far down the line. Mm-hmm. I think the issue is this. Connor has had a problem with certain, th- with certain like attacks Styles. for the past three to four. No, it's been longer than that. He is he has dealt with leg kicks for a little bit of time and has not been able to deal with them. You saw when he first fought Dustin. Dustin got a clean, heavy kick on him early in the first round, and Connor just shook it off, and Dustin abandoned the game plan. He abandoned it, and he just didn't do it. So that was the first clear sign that he could not defend those kicks. Next time, I believe it was um, it was either Brandau or Brimage threw something at him, and they all these people abandoned him. Looking back, I I can't believe like I didn't see it at the time, but these people were kicking his legs. And he just would be like, nah, it didn't hurt. Left hand. And then they were just like, all right, I'm not throwing that again. So- Eddie Alvarez dropped him like three times with leg kicks on his heavy front leg. And, and it was bad. But again, he got hit with the left and he abandoned the game plan and started circling to Connor's power. And it ended that way. So this has been a notable weakness for him retrospectively obviously not too many people mm. are like dustin kicks his leg like no one not too many people said that yeah. but this has been a, <laughs> okay <laughs> everybody <laughs> sorry i, I just, just clear my throat right there but so, you deserve you know your props what, you know it's weird kairos it's almost like he fights like a nate diaz brother or something like he doesn't check leg kicks huh and that kind of went over my head because as he's like giving me all these examples, I'm like, holy shit, Kairos is right. Like that is a weakness that I've just overlooked. He sound like you're talking about a Diaz brother. They don't check yeah. leg kicks and they lose and the, because of him. And the problem, I think more so too, is because as Connor's boxing has gotten astronomically better over the years, he started to abandon other tools that deter people from yeah. throwing those strikes. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's one of the hugest problems. Yeah, sure. Next time, check the calf kick. Next time, that's sure an easy like answer for it. But I also think he needs to get back to using better shot selection and varying it. Like right. this man used to throw almost like 60% hands, 40% legs, maybe 70-30 ratio. Now it's probably 90-10. Now it's legitimately might be 95-5. So mm-hmm. I think that's another huge issue. He threw like yeah. one flashy kick at Dustin. It grazed him. And Connor's like, all right, I ain't throwing that again. I'm tired. Yeah. Let's, just, let's just box. Mike and I had a theory about that, too. We talked about it last week, Mike, how like he's focused on boxing, you know, like he's abandoning, you know, some aspects of MMA, but yet he's fighting in an MMA bout. And you saw Dustin resorted to leg kicks, but Connor wasn't prepared for them. Why? You're not boxing. You're in an MMA bout. And uh, Kairos, I totally agree with you. It looks like he thinks he's so good that he can abandon certain aspects of the game and still win with his boxing. And I think he learned a hard lesson when he lost in that fashion. And you know what else, too, y'all? That's going to make his comeback even better. Like, how is he washed? We've seen Connor lose before. What does he do? He becomes obsessed with the person that beat him, and he comes back and he beats them. How is he washed? Nuts. not washed. Yeah. I I think uh, with Connor in particular, his stance, I don't know if you've seen the side-by-sides of when he fought Eddie Alvarez and when he fought Dustin and, like, the difference in in, in his stance. Obviously, he's adopting more more of the karate stance where he's, in a position where, if need be, he can he can check a leg kick, but with does whereas with this fight, he's literally heavy, very lead heavy on on his lead, like more like like a boxer, like a boxer is like like I, I don't know if you ever saw the it, this is an old old kickboxing fight, Mike. I think you might have seen it when Rick the Jet Rufus uh, 
Duke Rufus's elder brother. I can't, he fought a Thai guy, and I can't remember the name the, the name of this Thai guy. And this Thai guy just absolutely lit him the fuck up with like leg kicks and, and whatever. It was. I've even digressed. I I even know what point I was trying to make with that, but <laughs> I've lost my point. <laughs> you had me though. I was like, yeah, leg kicks, lot yeah, of leg- <laughs> Basically, I I I don't. In, in, in closing, Connor is by no means washed up whatsoever, and there's there's no shame in losing to Dustin Poirier, who is elite. Much for me, who I, I think other other than him, he he's, he's the best lightweight out there. One can make the argument for Charles Oliveira. Obviously, Charles is on a eight or nine eight fight win streak. Sorry, but there's absolutely no shame. And if he was so washed, would he have even won the first round against the best lightweight name not not named Habib Nurmagomedov? Thank you. It's just ridiculous, you know. All right. I think I'm up. And my topic is also along the lines of Conor McGregor and also fans. So after Conor McGregor was TKO'd in the second round by Dustin Poirier, we were all privy to the memes and the gifs of Conor being laid out. And by the way, my favorite, y'all, was Conor in the hospital looking the same way he did laid out flat on the floor the way Dustin left him. But in the hospital with a comforter up to here with Bernie Sanders by his side, like inauguration Bernie. That That was that was lost it. Lost it. I had a good laugh. Okay, but I will admit that I did not participate in making memes. I didn't go on Photoshop and create any. I just laughed when they showed up on my timeline. And I wasn't shocked to see memes either because it's kind of like what happens after losses and it's a part of sports culture. However, I was shocked to see fans that are martial artists, particularly jujitsu practitioners that were offended by the memes. And so much so one of my followers who practices in jujitsu, he made a video uh, talking to the people specifically about the memes. And in the video, he said some things that I agree with and I didn't agree with, but here we go. He said in the video, You know, fans don't know the work that Connor and martial artists put into. I kind of agree. We don't know the work that they put into. No fan that doesn't train in martial arts knows that. I agreed with him on that. He also said we are fans are unaware of like that. The fact that fighters get injured. Some people have even died. I do agree with him on that. You just saw I just spoke of a Spencer Fisher interview and we don't really talk about the injuries and that the fact that people have died watching the sport and that people are laying out their lives for our entertainment. I do agree with him on that. Here's where he lost me. We got to a part of a video where my man said, oh, by the way, too, none of y'all would say this to Connor's face. You know, y'all can take all y'all can make all these memes and disrespect him and call him a pussy, but he'd beat the shit out of 98 percent of you. That's when I was like, he's crazy. Like, that's when I was like, I'm done being objective. This is now a crazy fan. Okay, that, you know, when you get quiet in your mentions, because it's like, oh, man, this one's fucking nuts. That's how I felt when he hit that portion of the video. However, my question to y'all. Is this. Well, actually, no, I'm not even ready for my question. I still need to talk a little bit shit about this guy. He got on my nerves. I'm not going to front. Here's the thing with him that kind of caught me off guard. I did agree with some things about his video, but here's where I thought he went wrong with things. Memes and GIFs are a part of sports culture and fandom now. Ever since the kids, get, we gave them access to electricity and internet, they got on Photoshop and now they make our lives miserable or they make us laugh. It is a part of sports culture and GIFs and memes apply to all sports, football, soccer, MMA. Matter of fact, my favorite one is, is one of, um, what is it? 
Anthony Joshua, right? When his soul went caught a flight after uh, Ruiz punched him in the face and then his soul caught a motherfucking flight and had luggage, I cried real tears. So in my mind, I'm like, whoever made this video, you didn't laugh at that? You didn't laugh when Holly, when Ronda Rousey had horns and Holly Holm had a matador red flag and was like, come on, bitch, because your footwork's so bad, I'm going to turn into a matador. I fucking cried. So I'm thinking to myself, this dude didn't see those memes, but you're only upset when you see people talking about Connor. Very fucking strange. So here's the thing. My question to you is this. Should MMA fans that have not trained in martial arts, is it disrespectful for them to mock um, artists that martial artists that have lost in horrific fashion, kind of like the way Connor did. And two part question: Do you have a problem with sports analysts that cover the sport like Ke- Karen Bryan, but they have not trained in martial arts? Because that's the next topic when you start talking about, oh, you disrespecting them, you ain't never trained. You know they mad, they low key mad at analysts that have never mm-hmm. trained or fought or prefer a Laura Sanko or a Dominic Cruz. You know what I'm saying? So you know those questions go hand in hand. And I'm gonna start with Michael Morgan. <laughs> well, first off, on the GIFs and the GIFs, depending on what your memes, yeah. persuasion is when you're referring to memes, uh, I got suitably pissed off just like yourself earlier this week. And I was really kind of um, exhausted by the amount of tweets that I read, which said, how can people who profess to love this sport put out these GIFs, put out these memes? You couldn't tie the shoes of these people who are getting in the cage. Now, I'm actually melding into one sort of like phrase, uh, a series of tweets. I'm dragging like little bits into one sort of like phrase. It annoyed me because why have we got to be so prescriptive over MMA fans? Boxing fans do exactly the same. Race car fans do exactly the same. Football, LeBron James, we all clown each other. The thing that really got my goat and I put in the tweet was, look, you have all laughed at the John Jones tweets. You have all laughed at the Michael Jordan memes. You have all belly laughed about Bernie and the fact that, you know, he was out there looking like a homeless person. But when it comes to MMA, we need to have respect. We need to have um, a sense of decorum. In the words of Kairos, Get the fuck out of here. Ain't gonna happen. Mike, do you, I don't mean to interrupt, but don't you find that to be people that train in martial arts, particularly jujitsu people? It's always my jujitsu followers that are like, you don't know nothing about this sport. You don't know what it takes and you shouldn't be disrespectful. You a pussy and this, this and that. And I just be like, why are y'all forgetting that we're just fans and we can criticize, talk about them, have jokes, make memes. We support the, the sport and this is also the culture we do this in other sports as well how many LeBron James memes you've seen how many like so my question Mike do you find that it's martial artist fans that have this elitist attitude about it or is it just no, dummies it, in general it's hypocrites across the board because these okay. people were laughing at the, all the memes that I've described these same people were talking about freedom of speech these same people were saying you should be expressive as um well participants and uh, spectators of the sport but no when it comes down to someone losing someone losing by KO we need to be silent we need to hang our heads we need to say a prayer no come on I hate the prescriptive nature of it and I hate the kind of like um, dogmatic way people were saying this is how you need to behave 
No. And meanwhile, they laughed at someone else's meme. I'm pretty sure that guy who made that video laughed when he saw Anthony Joshua's soul catch a flight with some luggage because we all fucking laughed at that shit. And it's what we do. Oh, real quick. What do you think of the commentators, though, not training in martial arts? Um, For me, I put more credibility and more store and uh, more, I, I believe, someone's viewpoint who has trained but that's not to say that someone who hasn't trained shouldn't have a viewpoint because they are as analytical and um in the same viewer space as someone who has trained because of the amount of footage they would have undoubtedly especially in the case of karen bryant have watched over the years she's been in the game what nyon must be 10 15 years i don't know what the number is but all i'm saying is She's viewed a lot of fights. So give her her due. Give, she's not a Johnny Come Late. She's not someone who's actually joined the sport from um, line dancing. She's someone with an expertise and that expertise has built up over a number of years watching. I don't know, that, that, the MMA fans are dumb. It's like they don't realize that people can, are, historians exist. You can study Greece or something and know it like the back of your hand, but not be like Greece, but, but not be from Greece, but you have all these accolades and degrees. They're just... They drive me crazy when it's like they start talking that shit that you haven't trained in the sport. It just sounds elitist just because you roll on the mat and you can connect with Connor because you've worked on your takedown defense. You think that I can't talk shit because I don't train in it. Bitch, I've been watching this sport for 20, 30 years. What do you think I've been learning? You know what I mean? Yeah. My bad. I'm going off. Cassandra, go ahead. No, remember that argument uh, that Robin Black was having with Luke Thomas. Do you know what I remember? They disagreed about something, and uh, Robin Black. I, I, I like Robin Black, and I'm, I'm, I'm not saying this to disparage him, basically, but essentially, I'm paraphrasing. He was basically saying that Luke's opinion was 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 invalid because he's he, he's never taken part in a mixed martial arts fight, basically. And yeah, and I think it was something along the lines. He was like, "Oh well, consume my expertise." Blah blah blah. They 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 they, they hashed it out or whatever. But that is pretty much what you're what you're saying is as in that there are people that who train in, in martial arts who, who think that uh, because they do that and other people don't, that their opinion is higher. Personally, I've, I, I've like, like Mike said, obviously I'd go to the person who has some experience of being in the cage first, but that doesn't mean that I don't think that nobody that doesn't take a punch for a living isn't, isn't capable of giving me analytical and good data on, on anything. So on anything on, on fights, sorry. Right. Or, I mean, I, I think it's just hogwash to, to, to think that. It's like you say, you could have a, a MMA journalist, obviously MMA has not been around for like 50 years, but say you could have an MMA journalist for 50 years, knows the sport inside and out. And then you could have somebody who trains for, for five years, but the, I'd still hold the, the journalist who has 50 years of experience, appearance more and more high regard, but I don't know. Yeah. What you, what you think, Kairos? You what? Um, <clears throat> I did some quick research while you're doing this. First of all, these people are fucking idiots. Here's why. Okay. <laughs> there are people, first of all, there's people who are at the top of their game in fields other than martial arts and other sports and other activities who still don't know what they're talking about. I'm, I'm talking about the commentating um, questions you posed first. So just because you're not in the sport doesn't mean you can't analyze and look at it in an analytical way. Period. Point blank. I'm, that's all I'm going to address about that. Like, 
and for him saying, oh, well, they could beat your motherfucking ass. You better not critique them, bitch. I can make a Microsoft spreadsheet better than them. So can they not critique my ability to do that? Like, come on. I go through this dude's tweets. His first two tweets, I go through his likes. Sorry. He's like so many tweets of people making fun of fighters. Let me show you the first one since he's so holier than that. Hold on. Where is it at? Because I was scrolling down for literally 30 seconds and found it. First picture, Nate Diaz's head on a heavy bag. I don't know if you can see it from here. Yeah, probably can't. Yes. But it's like, yeah. okay, bro, you're you're liking stuff of people like getting like, come on. It's just because that's your favorite fighter. You stop being biased. Stop being pretentious. Stop being a hypocrite and acknowledge the fact that you just aren't happy that people are making fun of a fighter that you like. Guarantee you, if I kept scrolling for another hour, I could find something to him making fun of someone getting knocked out or liking but, something. Yeah. We all do. We all laugh at memes. That's why I brought up the Joshua, um, his soul catching a flight. I don't know anybody that didn't laugh at that. And I'm pretty sure he did too. But suddenly, Connor, now he needs to make a video and tell us that Connor can beat the shit out of us. And I just was like, what's wrong with him? And it just kind of made me think he was a little crazy. Like, first of all, I also noticed with MMA fans, they get angrier than the actual athlete. Connor did not make a video saying, stop making fun of me. Why do you feel the need to? And secondly, you don't know him personally. And the reason why I say that is because I contacted Jamie. That's my homegirl that trains in jujitsu. You guys probably know her. Her, I love Jamie too, my God. Her Twitter app name is like Sharip's, you know what it is, guys. So I asked her, I said, (laughs) Sharap's, I asked her, I said, yo, I said, you mad when people make fun of fighters that lose kind of like Conor McGregor? And she was like, nah, I only get mad if you make fun of Macy. But here's the thing that makes sense. That's her best friend. She knows Macy. So if you make fun of Macy, she takes it personal. This fucking weirdo don't know Conor. What are you doing? And it made sense to me that Jamie, who practices jujitsu and also knows a real fighter personally, only gets upset when her friend, who happens to be a fighter, gets made fun of. She don't give a fuck if you make a meme of Conor McGregor. She don't know him. And it's like, how do y'all not know how fucking nuts and crazy you sound? And mind y'all, that shit had so many likes. And under it was so many jujitsu people like, yeah, bro, I'm so happy you said something about that. Right. Like, what sucking this dude off and it's, it's and here's another thing i don't like when people say you don't know what goes into as if we're so we don't know what hard work is as if people who exist on this plane of existence have never worked hard for anything or as if it's possible to never have worked hard in any other like form of ath, ath- like i just don't understand how people and it's typically the jujitsu community no no you know said hella that. shade hella shade on the jujitsu community because some of y'all's minds are just so warped warped and like can question you guys fit yeah question for all y'all since kairos you want to bring up the jujitsu people how many muay thai people get on mma twitter and complain about memes and gifs i don't think any you've never seen someone that you've never seen someone who's practiced muay thai their whole life the way the jujitsu people do get up there and complain about how we don't know what the fuck we talking about i've never seen a muay thai guy complain about fans criticizing another muay thai fighter that brazilian jujitsu community a lot of them just aren't keeping it real and that's why i brought up jamie remember when we talked about cops and jujitsu jamie who be on the floor practicing jujitsu was like yo for real though brazilian jujitsu can Bring the worst out of somebody or the best i yep. think she's more of a sound sensible mind but some of the, that dude that made the video talking about yeah connor could beat up 98 percent of y'all y'all none of y'all would say that shit to his face connor don't feel like that shame on you shame on you the person you're defending doesn't feel the need to threaten people that don't train in martial arts are you so kidding what me? if someone is better than me at what they do for a profession can you not critique a fucking politician if they're sh- destroying their community 
You don't say, are... stop making memes about Nancy Pelosi. Stop making memes yep. about Barack Obama. Stop making memes but, about Donald Trump. Bitch, you're but, right there doing it. But looking <laughs> academically, there are people right now studying to be historians of places they've never been. Do you know that I am in school right now and I have studied colonialism and slavery with a white ass teacher teaching me these things? What am I supposed to say? You ain't black. None of your ancestors been through slavery. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I sit there and take in all that information because I respect the fact that this white person has studied my ancestry and then is now teaching me. I'm not sitting here like you white lady need to get the fuck out of here. But that's what those jujitsu people do. And it's so fucking annoying. And I'm glad y'all saw that video. And when we when we hang up on this, go watch that video and get mad with me for real. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. Y'all who's up? Facts. Hey. Big ones. Go well, ahead, Mike. By, by no means least. Now, <laughs> this seems to be a recurring theme in MMA journalism. You have like a standout, and I would say a standard bearer, who suddenly kind of like looks at the landscape when he's at a UFC presser or in the midst of fight week and starts to question Am I the only one here who's asking credible questions? Am I the only one here who's asking pertinent questions? Am I the only one here not providing PR, press, publicity for the host, and that is the UFC? Why isn't anybody else actually asking questions which should be asked? Why am I in a minority? So my point is this, is it because that isn't what people want to read. They want to hear about the fighter experience, how training went. That's why these questions are regurgitated as nauseam. They don't want to hear about the technical foibles of the promotion and where they're actually falling over and the fact that they're now in bed. In the case of what actually happened over the past few weeks now, they're in bed with a regime or they're in bed with a country who their human rights abuses um, are very, very, uh, well, stomach churning. But I'm gonna park many of the things which should have been asked just to ask you this question. Is it because there isn't the palette out there from the fans, that's why this is being kind of like brushed under the carpet and silenced as it were. And what you get is what Fans expect, and that is questions about the fighters, the ad nauseum questions which are, well, sorry, the questions which are asked ad nauseum. I'm going to go with Kairos. Excuse me. Here's what I am starting to realize. You have all these people who are critical, not, I, that's a poor word choice. You have a lot of people who ha either haven't been watching the sport for an extended period of time or who don't look in depth to these um, press conferences and interviews. So they're the same people who are like, why we don't want to hear about you talking about so-and-so's allegations and other people booming in the stadium. I've been, I'm not claiming to watch the sport for an extremely long time. I haven't been watching it for that long compared to a lot of other people, but I've been watching it long enough to understand that. Oh my gosh, here comes the question about the weight. Oh my gosh, here comes the question about what's different about this training. Oh my gosh, here comes the question about this. Like you you understand these questions that's coming. So for people to sit here and act like that is not mundane and they don't get tired of that, they either aren't watching or they haven't been watching for long enough. You can't sit here and say, why is he asking that question? Because it's relevant. Because it's relevant, motherfucker. We want to know, did you do it? We want to know what's going on in your court. We got to know. We got to know. So... In other sports, it happens too. They they get interviewed about all that other stuff, and 
Now, I'm sure there's people who are sitting there asking those questions. And it's the same thing, though. You can't sit here and tell a journalist not to ask specific questions about a person who's on stage. In what universe does that make sense? You can't, you can't write, you, you can't make this stuff up. We have some of the most toxic and brain dead fans of all time. And I'm toxic and brain dead. So I think I would know. So I'm not coming from this position of, oh, I think I'm better than y'all. We got to get to the truth. Let's get to the T. I like gossiping. And no, it's just the fact of something's going on in your life. You've refused to talk about it. Your lawyer has told you not to talk about it. But now that a little bit of time has passed, let's ask the question and see if we can get some clarification on what's going on. We want to hear your side of the story. Oftentimes people are always like, well, what about, let's give them the bit, let's hear from their side. Here's your opportunity to speak your piece and your side. Stop getting upset at journalists for asking questions just because they don't want to hit the cookie cutter questions of, so are you going to make the wait this time? What's been different? What have you been working on? What can we expect? We don't care. We don't care. I want to. I want. I want to know about the dogfighting accusations. I want to know about the the genocide in the Congo that you participated in, or whatever. You know, like I want to know genocide in the Congo that <laughs> you participated in. <laughs> no, that's no. I I I I I I agree with that with what you're saying, Karis. But in terms of what Mike is saying. I, I feel that these questions don't get asked because as, as, as Mike, so I like currently put it, I don't think there's a, an appetite for it. I don't think th th there's a palette for it. Like, I mean, well, well, John Morgan asked last, uh, what well, was it last Thursday or yeah, last week about the, the, the late, the, the lawsuit that Conor McGregor has been uh, embroiled in from uh, some, uh, some allegations of is, is assault or whatever. If, if I'm wrong, I, I'm wrong. I'm, uh, I'm not too sure, but I was in. I was present at the press conference. As soon as that happened, what what do you expect to happen? Boos. People started booing. Or whatever, like, and I mean, for for us to be taken seriously as journalists, you have to ask those questions. And I remember, uh, Mike, you, you raised the questions about civil rights. So it was after the 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 Poirier Habib press conference that was in London, and I I spoke to Dave Shaw and I I, I asked him. I was like, oh, well, how do you feel about well, what's the UFC stance on going to Abu Dhabi and having a partnership where there have been uh, well-documented human human rights uh, abuse, uh, abuse and violations? And Dave Shaw gave, gave, gave me a good answer, like a good straight up answer, what have you. But again, like I've, again, I, I, I think I, I did put that 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 tweet out, that story out there, but nobody really cared. Do you know? Do you know what I mean? It's just. If, if it's it, it's just like what over like the last two years or whatever people be like well keep politics out of out of sport let let's let it just be sport like the two the there's the two things are like symbiotic or whatever do you do you know what I mean like let's say for for example if <laughs> this this is a bit of a extreme but would people not want to hear questions if say if Dana White was hosting UFC events at Idi Amin's house. Do, 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 I know, I know, I went extreme. I went extreme, but I'm just, I'm, I'm just saying. Like, would people not be like wondering? Okay, so why are you at this uh, dict genocidal dictator's house? Mm -hmm. I'd I love to ask Usman that, especially as a person of color too. Like, why do you support Trump, or why do you, um, why are you Republican? I'd love to ask these questions, but I think um, the reason why there isn't <laughs> like an appetite for it is because I think MMA fans, a lot of them, are ignorant. No, that, that's true. That's true. like yeah. I, I, I completely understand that. Like, I think if it was a if it was a different sport, may, maybe like uh, American football for you, and to say f football for us, Mike, I think there would be 
there would be more of, a, of an appetite to have these have these questions asked. But I just don't think fans really really care, to be honest. They just want to know about. I, I know these questions are sometimes mundane, and that's why whenever I I want to find out information about how a person's weight cut is going, I'll I'll try phrase the question in, in a different way because you might be the fifth person that they've talked to today and and whatever, and like you're asking, oh, so how's your weight cut been? Like it. It, it gets irksome and, and tiresome. So I always try and figure out a different way, but those are the things that people like to know. They want to know if so-and-so is, is on weight or whatever, what have you. And speaking of, uh, of people getting irate about questions like that, did you see Jessica I's uh, interview at the, uh, the UFC 257 media day? She was, she was not happy with uh, Like, I think it was, it was John Morgan who asked the question and she must've went on like a rant for like five minutes. But was it was about the weight cutting. It was, pardon? It was about the weight cutting. It was about the weight cut. But it was a valid question because she recently missed weight. But then she was like, oh, so it's amazing how all of you are asking, oh, are you going to, how's your weight or whatever? But none of you asked how I was feeling when I missed the weight or how I was, which was a relevant, which was a relevant point or whatever. But then she kind of, I don't want to say went down a rabbit hole or whatever. But anyway, those, those, are, those are the questions that people want to know. Like it's incumbent upon us to ask somebody who was missed weight recently. Oh, how is your, how is your, what are you doing to ensure Why that? would we ask? She posts pictures of herself eating donuts one time before she missed weight. Why would we ask how you do? We don't feel bad. You ate donuts once, posted pictures, like Mike Perry. She kind of just let herself out there eating donuts and then you want us to feel bad for you. And also too, nobody feels bad for someone that doesn't do their job. Like it's part of making weight is your job. So people are going to be skeptical and you should be prepared for that. That's true. But, to, also, but she didn't miss weight by one pound. It was like seven. First seven, of all. Second right, of all. like a ton. <laughs> like get out of here. And yeah. what I don't understand is this. Okay, yes, you're right about there's not an appetite for that. But the fans have been conditioned to not have the appetite for that. You have reporters who will break certain news, and then you won't see them for a little bit of time. You won't. Maybe, maybe they didn't get the press credentials of this event. You got reporters who ask about coronavirus, which I remember too. Right before they stopped shut, right before they had um Leon at yep UFC London. I forget the reporter. I can't remember his name right now. He asked about coronavirus. Everyone started booing. Little did they know that next event got canceled. Little did they know the whole rest of the year was ruined. Little did they know he asked We're a relevant still question. dealing with COVID, and it was a relevant question. Yes. Yeah. Then you got Rodney Edgar, who was asking Tony Ferguson, not asking. He was congratulating him about his triumphs. Yeah, he was. Yep. Oh, wasn't he tried, anything. yes. It, exactly. And you just <laughs> hear him. told him to shut the fuck up, didn't he, basically? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, but do exactly. y'all know this does not occur in other sports? Have you ever seen LeBron James be like, shut the fuck up? Have you ever seen a football player that is accused of things? or uh, He answers those questions professionally. Like, mm -hmm. our fans, this sport, there's a lot of unintelligent, non-critical thinking motherfuckers. You know what I'm saying? And the reason why we keep getting the same questions about the fight camp is because, like Kyra said, they've been conditioned to do that as journalists. And as soon as they go outside the box, the stupid fans that we deal with every day in our mentions pitch a fucking fit. They want the typical shit. They don't want the politics. They don't want the accusation. As soon as you ask Connor about a fucking lawsuit that just hit the news, which is relevant to the fight, it could affect him. We want to know what happened. They booed him. Like, come on. These stupid people don't want any more than, you know, they just want to be spoon fed certain things. They're dumb. You know what I'm saying? None of them think critically either. This guy just made a video. I'm still pissed off about my topic. The guy made a video about jujitsu. And then Kairos easily picked up um, him doing the same thing he's complaining about. You see how dumb they are? Yeah. No, I, 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 completely, I completely get you. And I think, 
I think it was also incumbent upon us, the members of the media, to to change people's appetite as well. I mean, it's going to it'll, it'll take a seismic shift, but that that shift will it'll be a slow and arduous process because you'll have to go through the incessant oh nobody cares about this blah 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 and what have you. But I I I I, I think there's room for both in the future, but. Then again, Mike, you also have journalists who are afraid to ask certain questions because yeah. of, of uh, fear, fear of uh, losing their credentials. Yeah, I've 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 never had that 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 situation where I've where I've ever felt that uh, if I ask this question, then I'm going to I'll, I'll, I'll never be back. But I'm potentially that there'll be a time that where, where something will something bad will happen where I I have to ask the question or or what have you. But I mean. I'm I'm not an extension of the PR department. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> will you ask that question though? Because it's understand. I said, will you ask that question though? Because it's understandable to not want to ask. Because oh no, of, of course, yeah, questions. no, no, no. I I I do it. Yeah, hundred hundred percent. Like I mean, if, uh, first and foremost, like I I want my integrity to I, I want my integrity to be intact. I don't want to be like leave a press conference and go to myself. Oh, uh, I had the opportunity to ask. I I should I I didn't ask that that pertinent burning question even though it might have it hurt the ufc do you know what i mean so okay but yeah i asked that's that what, because that's, we always i'm sorry no i was just saying that's why i don't rag too much on the journalists because of that fear of mm -hmm. repercussions and consequences for asking questions out the box and i think the reason is because it's just the culture of our sport to kind of just ask the same fucking questions because our fans are going to eat you alive. Look at the mentions of, of Trent that we always talk about on this show. Look how they treat people that go outside the box. Look at, look how they treat people. We got hit with a global pandemic and the journalist asked about it and they booed him. These are the same people that don't wear masks. These are the same people that voted for, you know what I'm saying? It's just called stupidity. It's people that are not smart, but we're here with them in the sport. And they're affecting the culture of the sport. That's how, I don't know. Mm. Okay. Time to put the holsters, or oh, put the guns back in the holsters. The shots have been fired. You know something? I was about to say that there was nothing happening by way of combat sports this weekend. And I really hope that you enjoy Netflix or um, Disney. <laughs> but if you have nothing to do, if, you know, if there isn't anything that you want to see on Disney Plus or Netflix, do check out KSW 58 this coming weekend. Absolutely incredible promotion. I personally have them down as the leader in terms of European promotions. And someone who you need to look out for is Saladin Parnas. He's actually um, headlining this against Daniel Torres. Now, for me... I think that this is going to be the next uh, breakout star for KSW. I really do see big things for him. And I don't think it's going to be long until, um, you know, the UFC do come knocking. So check out um, KSW 58 this coming Saturday. So if there aren't any other items on the docket, I call this Shots Fired to close. Shots fired, yeah. You know the shots fired. Shots fired, yeah. You know the shots fired. Shots fired, yeah.